Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. series entitled Behind the Scenes of the Church. Have you loved this series? Has it been good to you? Man, this series has been so strengthening for us really as we've looked at what the Bible says about the church and the role that the church plays. And you know, your role changes depending on who you are relating to, right? So my role in relationship to my wife is I'm her husband. My role in relationship to my kids is I'm their father and to my parents who are watching right now, shout out mom and dad, uh, I, I, am their, I am their son. And so my role has to change based on who I am relating to. And so we've really spent some time, hey, if we're the church, let's know who we are. If we're the church, let's know what we're about. If we're the church, let's know what we're here on earth to do. Come on, we are not just here to exist. We are here on a mission. We are here on an assignment to do something here in this life. And so week number one, we discovered maybe the chief most important role of the church in relationship to God. And that is we are a worshiping body of people, amen. We've come together to worship God. It's the most important role of the church. But we also have a role in relationship to the enemy, to the devil. And we are a conquering people. Everyone say conquer. Come on, we are not a defeated people, are we? No, we are a conquering people. We also have a, rela- a role in relationship to the world, and that is that we are called to reach the world. Someone say reach. And then today, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna lead us in discovering that the church's role in the relationship to itself, to each other, to one another, is to edify one another. I wanna take you to First uh, Thessalonians chapter five, and Paul is teaching the church in Thessalonica, and he's teaching them a lot, but specifically, I wanna look at verse 11. This is what he says to the church. He says in verse 11, he says, therefore, Comfort each other and edify. Everyone say edify. edify. Come on, if you're joining us online, why don't you put that in the chat? Put edify. I want to read this again, but I want you to shout this word edify when we get to it, okay? Therefore, church, comfort each other and edify one another just as you also are doing. Come on, church, we're called to edify one another. Anybody like working with their hands? You like at-home projects? You like getting out in the backyard or, you know, kind of pulling out the sander and, you know, remodeling some old stuff? Anybody love doing that? Anybody a fan of DIY projects? Anybody a fan of these things? I, I wouldn't call myself a fan, but I've done a lot of them. And here's why. Because my wife is obsessed with DIY projects. Do you know what DIY stands for? It stands for do it yourself. And normally I try to remind her of what DIY means when she comes to me with these projects because... At my house, at my house, they're not DIY projects, they're DIS projects. Do it, Steve. This is what it, this is, what it is, right? She's got this long list. Listen, we have tried everything. We have done gallery walls. We've built garden beds. We've done mason jar lights. How many things can you build out of pallet boards? I'm sick and tired of pallet boards. You can build anything out of a pallet board. She's always coming to me with these, with these projects, these do it Steve projects. And, and it's, she's so funny because she's got this great idea, this vision, and she has no idea how it actually, it gets accomplished. You know, it's, and she comes, the other day she said, hey, Steve, uh, can you come out to the patio? I have an idea. And I thought, oh Lord, she's got another idea. I come out to the patio. She said, wouldn't it be amazing if lights were just hanging across right here? I said, that would be amazing because that's impossible. That can't happen. That would be amazing. She said, what do you mean it's impossible? I said, honey, I, I don't, okay, tell me, where do you want to hang these lights? And she just she started pointing. 
She said, can we just hang some lights right here? I said, can you point to that place again? She said, just right here. I said, you're, you're just pointing to the sky. That's all you're pointing to. And, and I don't know if you know how hanging works, but hanging has to hang from something. And she goes, why do you think I've invited you out here? Can't you just build something? Can't you just, a stick, put a stick. Oh, you want me to hang some lights from a stick? And so then I'm calling my dad. Dad, you got any ideas on how I can hang lights from the air? You know, can, you, can, we, can we talk through this a little bit? I'm telling you, we, we, we've done it all. And when lockdowns hit last year, I knew I was in big trouble. She said, Steve, we're gonna have some time on our hands. Let me pull out that DIS, that project list. And, and I said, honey, don't get too excited. It's just 15 days to slow the spread. We don't have that much time. <laughs> Three weeks in, she says, I think we're gonna have some time. And she pulls out the list. And I, I'm, in the last 12 months, it's been ridiculous. I built, I built a, a, a farm table. I've built garden beds. I remodeled a bathroom in a house that I rent. That's, that's... <laughs> I have painted every wall, some twice. I built a chicken coop this past year. My wife is, she, she is not lacking for DIY projects. And listen, I know, I know 2020 was a tough year, but I don't think it was for Home Depot. I think they did okay. I think my family kept them in the black. I do. I know that they had a good year. Why am I talking about building? I'm talking about building because when Paul charges the church with the responsibility and the role of edifying one another, that's what edify means. It means to build. Look back at 1 Thessalonians chapter five. It says, therefore comfort each other. And there's that word, edify one another. That's a cool word. And it's not talking about just making each other feel good or paying a compliment to Pastor Jude's hair. Your hair looks great today, but that's not what Paul's talking about. That's not, what Pastor, that's not what Paul's talking about. This is a building term. This is a construction term. And it's a significant word because it's used 39 times in the New Testament. And it's the most used word when giving instruction to the church about what our role is in one another's lives. This word edify actually is the Greek word. You ready for a lesson today? This word is oikodomeo. I know you wanna say it out loud. I'm gonna give you an opportunity. Ready? Say oikodomeo. You guys sound smart. Let's say it again. Oiko, Demeo. And this word is a building word and it's what the church is meant to do for one another. Let me give you some definition to this word oiko demeo. It literally means to build up, not tear down, build up from a foundation. I want you to think about that, to build up from a foundation. And that's gonna be very, very important as we get later on in the message. It means to build up from a foundation, oiko demeo. It also means to repair to restore, and to rebuild. It also means to embolden one another. So when Paul says to the church in Thessalonica, and he's saying the same thing to the church in Ventura, in California, and wherever you're watching from, he says, I am calling you as a church to come together and oiko demeo one another. Build each other up, repair, restore, rebuild one another, embolden one another. Another. This is, this, this, is, this is an instruction to the church to say, hey, church, we are builders. So let me just make a, a declaration right now, City Church. We are builders. We are building people. We're not, we're not just building buildings. We are building people. And can I tell you, we don't build people because we're good people. No, we're not that good. We build people because we follow Jesus. And Jesus is the ultimate builder. Someone say amen. Let me show you. Let me prove it to you. He's a builder. Matthew chapter 16. This is the defining moment, really the beginning, the launching of the local church. Jesus is speaking to his disciples and this is what he says in Matthew 16. He says, and I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will, everyone say build. That's the word oikodomeo. And I will tell you that you are Peter 
and on this rock, I will build oiko de mayo, my church. What is Jesus saying? I'm gonna build from a foundation. I'm going to rebuild, restore, repair. I'm going to embolden, not just a church, an organization, a, a, a building. No, I'm gonna build a people. And I want you to remember, he didn't just say, I'm gonna build it. I'm gonna build it on a foundation. What's that foundation? He says, on this rock, me, myself, Jesus, I will build oiko de mayo, my people. And this is what the church is meant to be for you and meant to me. We're meant to be a, a body, a family, a community that doesn't tear each other down. No, we build each other up. I'm hey, come on, give, give, give the Lord thanks for that. This is who we are. Now, I, I grew up in church. My mom and dad uh, gave birth to me in like week two, I was in church. That's just what we did. My grandfather was a pastor. My dad is a pastor. I'm now in ministry. And so church is just what we have done. And can I just be honest with you? I've been in church a long time and there's been many moments where the, my church community didn't feel like it was one that was building me up. There's been times where I have felt torn down, where I have felt insecure where I felt in, discouraged by church family. And, and if you talk to somebody, maybe I'm, unfortunately that's been your story at different times in life. And let me just say, I talked even with Pastor Jude and our other staff members this week, and we just wanted to say, if that's ever been your experience at City Church, we wanna ask you to forgive us because we recognize that's not who we are called to be. That's not who Christ has established us to be. No, we are a building up people. That's who we strive to be. It's who we wanna be. And that's who we're gonna be in Jesus' name. And so if you've ever felt torn down, we ask you to just forgive us and come alongside of us because we are a building people. And before we go any further, I just wanna say that this message is, is not for our neighbors. This message is not for the church down the road. This, this message is not for somebody else. No, this message is for our church. This message is for you and me. This is, this is our charge as a church to one another. We are a building people. You know, there are some things in life you just cannot delegate. You know, I, I'd love to hire somebody else to fix my car. I love to hire someone else to, to, to mow my grass. You know what I'd love to hire someone else to do? Eat healthy for me. I've looked into it. That technology does not exist. If I want to be healthy, I need to eat healthy myself. There are some things you cannot delegate. Church, listen to me. We can hire a company to advertise for us. We can hire somebody to maintain our property. We can even outsource the accounting, but we cannot delegate the responsibility of building one another up in the Lord. The government's not gonna do it. The school board's not gonna do it. The media's not gonna do it. Culture's not gonna do it. Come on, the church edifies itself. We gotta recognize that we have a role to play. We have something to do. We have something to accomplish. We're a building people. Someone say amen. amen. So how do we build one another up in the Lord? Number one, we encourage. We encourage. Let's go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter five. This is what he said. He says, therefore, encourage one another and build up one another as you are already doing. Build up encourage one another. This word encourage is, is really a strong word. This isn't a casual word. And I want you to think about the word itself, encourage. It literally means to put into the core of, or to put into the heart of, to place courage into the heart of somebody. When he says encourage one another, he's saying, come on, put courage into the hearts of one another. At the same, ter at the same time, discourage means to take away, to remove courage from the heart of. I want you to think about Luke chapter 18. Jesus is, is praying and he says, Father, I pray that my people will not lose hearts. He was saying, I pray that they would not lose courage from their heart, that they would not become discouraged. 
In John chapter 16, he's talking to his disciples who were concerned about Jesus going back to the Father. And he says, hey, I, I want you to know that you need to, you can, you can take heart, you can be encouraged because I have overcome the world. We're called to encourage, put courage into the heart of people. And I just, I wanna make a statement and this is okay for us to acknowledge, we need encouragement. We do. I don't care how tough somebody looks on the outside, how put together they seem. Listen, we're human people and we need to be encouraged. We need people to place courage and heap courage into the hearts of, of, of each other. The reality is 2020 was a difficult year, right? Many people came out of 2020 for different reasons, feeling half-hearted, feeling disheartened, feeling discouraged. And I think I felt a little bit guilty to this as well. Many people thought, oh, I just can't wait for the clock to strike midnight and turn into 2021 because 2020 will be gone and all of our problems will go away. Okay, 2021 ain't looked that different from 2020, right? It's brought its own challenges. It's brought its own difficulties. And listen, I'm not a pessimistic person. I see, the, I see life half full, but a lot of life takes from you rather than giving to you. Sometimes there's just a lot out there that can discourage you, can make you feel challenged, can make you feel frustrated, can make you feel discouraged. But come on, I'm thankful for the church that doesn't take from me. No, it gives to me. I'm thankful for a body of people that say, hey, I'm not come to take courage out of your heart. No, I'm come to come around you and put courage into your hearts. This is why we're here. Life takes from us, but the church builds into us. So when Paul says encourage, he's not saying, hey, pay somebody a compliment, say a kind word. He's actually saying something very strong. He says, I want you to parakaleo, encourage, parakaleo one another. This word means literally to come alongside of somebody, to give them strength and to give them help. In other words, he's not saying when you come together, shout at somebody, hey, God's good, you're gonna be okay as you peel out of the parking lot to go to lunch. He's actually saying, no, 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 encourage, parakaleo, come alongside when you see somebody hurting, when you see somebody broken, when you see somebody discouraged. No, come alongside of them. Put your arm around them and say, hey, listen, I know you're hurting, but you're not alone. Hey, I know you're discouraged, but you're not fighting on your own. Hey, I know you don't know how this is gonna work out, but I'm in it with you and I'm not leaving until you're all the way through it. It's a joining, it's a coming together. You know, we, we, we tell you, Hey, the church isn't a building. The church isn't just an organization, but it absolutely is a gathering because we're called to come alongside one another. Listen, we're not an isolated people. We're not a wandering people. We're not a vagabond people. We're not a bunch of individuals doing our own thing. No, we are the gathering of the saints. And when the saints gather, we worship God. And when we come together, we destroy the enemy. And when we come together, we reach the world. And when we come together, we build one another up in the Lord. It's who we are. Parakaleo, to come alongside of one another. And that word probably sounds familiar to you because when Jesus was speaking to his disciples about how it was time for him to go back to the Father, they said, Jesus, don't go, we need you here. And he says, you don't need to worry because I'm sending you the paracletes. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. I'm sending you the one that's gonna come alongside of you to help you, to guide you, to encourage you, to advocate for you. And so when we come together and we see each other hurting and we see each other needing encouragement and needing boldness and needing help, and when we come along, we don't just say a nice thing. No, we come alongside. When we do that, we're not just doing a natural thing. We are participating with the work of the Holy Spirit, being the hands and the feet of Jesus to those around us and the family of God that we are 
a part of. We're a building church. I want to show you where he says this also in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. This is what he says. It says, verse 11, it says, You know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children. Encouraging, there's that word, encouraging, comforting, but also urging one another to live lives worthy of God. You know, we are an encouraging church. We are a comforting church. But do you know another role that we have as a church? It's to urge one another to live lives worthy of God and the call that he has on your life. What does this look like? Can I be honest? It means that sometimes we have to have tough conversations. Sometimes it means we have to call each other to a higher level of living. Sometimes it means challenging things in us that we don't really like to have challenged. But if we're gonna be the church and we're gonna love each other well and we're really gonna build each other up in the Lord, then we're gonna need to do some, do some urging of one another. What does this look like? Number two, the church speaks truth in love. We speak truth in love. Think about that word, oiko demeo, to build up. It means to repair, to rebuild, to restore. Ephesians chapter four speaks to this and it says, but speaking the truth in love, Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ from whom the whole body being fitted together, held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part. Look at this, it causes growth of the body for the building up, there's that word oikodomeo, building up of itself in love. How do we build each other up in love? We speak truth in love to one another. And the only way this works is if we as a body really do believe and practice that we're called to call and urge one another to a higher level of living from time to time. I heard a statement a long time ago and I believe it, I wanna share it with you. It goes just like this. It says, you can't speak truth effectively without love, but you can't love effectively without truth. Let me say that again. You can't speak truth effectively without love. There's a lot of people speaking truth out there, but they're having no effect because they don't do it with love. They do it with pride. They do it with arrogance. They do it with a, with a higher level of self. Look, if you wanna be effective in people's lives, you can speak truth, but you need to speak it in love. But at the same time, hear me, church, it's not love if you're not willing to speak truth to somebody. It's not, we're not a loving church to sit silently while the world destroys itself. Come on, we're not loving our neighbor. We're not loving our brother and sister. If we see a destructive pattern and habit and mindset in their life and we're just sitting by silently thinking that we're loving them. No, if we're really gonna be the church and we're really gonna have each other's backs and we're really gonna build one another up and we're really gonna repair and rebuild and restore and put boldness into one another, we must be willing to speak truth in love. Let me be transparent. I need somebody to challenge me. I need somebody to call me out when I'm living below what I know God has called me to. I need somebody to speak truth to me when I'm acting and living like a lie. I have a friend, his name's Kyle, and he, he's somebody who does this for me in my life. And I'll never forget in my first year of marriage, uh, I was really enjoying it, but sometimes the first year of marriage is a little difficult. Anybody relate to that? Every now and then someone's like, oh, my first year of marriage was amazing. We had no problems. I'm like, well, either A, you're lying, or B, I hate you for that. You know, like those are the only two options. Listen, I married the greatest woman in the world, but we were two individuals coming together trying to figure some things out. And sometimes you're trying to work your way through it and there's some challenges. And I remember we were about nine months in and I was having coffee with him. I said, Kyle, can I just be honest with you? I'm frustrated about some things. And I began to share some, some, some challenges that we were having in our life. Like I was like, Kyle, can you believe this woman does not want to get up and make me breakfast and coffee every morning? 
What's going on? The devil is a liar. You know, no, I'm just, I didn't say that. He listened to me for a little while and he said, Steve, can I challenge you? I said, oh geez, here we go. He said, about some of the things I was talking about, he said, who told you that that's a good expectation to have from your wife? He said, Steve, do you, do you wanna keep going around this mountain or do you want it to get better? I said, I want it to get better. He said, then you're gonna have to get better. And he said some things that honestly wasn't fun to hear, but I needed a friend to tell me what I needed to hear because I didn't wanna stay stuck. I didn't wanna stay where I was. I wanted to get better. And so he challenged me in some things. Listen, church, there's some things that we need to be challenged on. There's some things that you need to be challenged on. There's some mindsets that if you wanna stay stuck, stay stuck. But if you wanna grow, you better embrace the truth that can come through the body of Christ and brothers and sisters that encourage and challenge one another. We need to be people who speak truth and love, but can I take it further? Let's be people who seek truth. Let's not wait for somebody to bust into our house. Let's have somebody, let, let's be people that invite authority, that invite wisdom, that invite counsel, that invite advice, that invite the word of the Lord, that invite truth into our life. Let's be people who seek truth. Can I take it a step further? Let's be people who hear truth with love. Most of the time when you hear truth, it rubs you the wrong way and your pride wants to come up and you want to reject it. And can I just tell you, because the church is full of people, sometimes we say it the wrong way. Sometimes we should have said it a little differently. Sometimes somebody should have came in the side door rather than the front door. Sometimes people can come at you and can feel a little aggressive. But if we have the mindset, the maturity, the growth in us to say, you know what? I don't care how it gets to me, but I want the truth that will cause me to grow. And I'm just gonna assume if they said that to me, it's not because they dislike me. It's not because they disrespect me. It's because they love me. So I'm gonna choose right now, even though my ego wants to react. No, I'm gonna hear truth with love. Not because I'm great, but because I want to grow. Come on. We speak truth in love. We're a church that does this. I want to show you Ephesians chapter four. This is very cool. Verses 11 and 12, Paul is talking to the church. He says, now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. And what are these gifts for? Well, let me tell you. The gifts are the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. And their responsibility is to, everyone say it, equip. Their responsibility is to equip. And who are they equipping? They are equipping God's people, the church, you and I, to do his work to build up. There's that word, oiko de mayo. Their responsibility is to equip you and me to do the building up of the church. That word equip is, is a pretty incredible word. It's only used twice in the New Testament, in all of scripture really. It's the word cartismos. It's, it appears twice right here where it talks about the responsibility of pastors, teachers, evangelists to equip people. But it's also used when Jesus shows up to James and John when they're on the beach and the Bible says they are mending broken pieces of their net. That's that word, cartismus. Word, this word cartismus for mend, equip, it literally means to repair and rebuild broken areas of your life so that we can be effective building people. So what is, what is the role? What is the gift of a pastor, a teacher, a preacher, all of it? It's to actually repair broken pieces of your mind and soul and, and life so that you can be all that God has created you to be. You know, if you're part of our church for any length of time now, you know that we've been in a big building remodeling project. And when you come into a remodeling project, you recognize that certain things just need to go. Certain things need to be repaired. Certain things are broken and need to be changed. When we wanted a new stage, we couldn't just build on the old one. We had to rip away the old one. 
When we wanted to come into the bathrooms and the lobby and redo it, we couldn't just put new things over the old things. No, we actually had to repair it. We had to remove it. We had to break it down. When we ripped out an old bathroom to put in a media suite, we found out that the, that the, that the foundation was all different heights and levels. So what do we have to do? We had to come in and restore and level out a new area. Come on, we all have places in our lives that we, when, we, when you come in and you begin to say, okay, let's do some work, you're gonna go, oh, that wall is gonna need to come down. Oh, that mindset is broken. That needs to be fixed. Oh, that habit is not gonna work. We need to remove this thing. Come on, if we really wanna grow, if we really wanna become all that God's called us to be, we need to be ready to repair, cartismos, mend. Come on, this is who we are. And it's not easy and it can be difficult, but man, if you wanna be who God's created you to be, then let the church come around you. Let the church encourage you. Let the church speak truth and love to you. Come on, let's lift one another up in Jesus' name. You know, Jesus saved me, but some of my thoughts still seem a little lost. Jesus has rescued me and freed me, but some of my habits still kind of act like I am bound. My spirit is fully redeemed, but sometimes my body needs to be equipped a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Three brownies in last night. I need some correction. I need some, I need some, I need some equipping. I need some help. And right now, come on, I just tell you, I love the church. I'm thankful for the church. I'm thankful that Jesus, though he saved me, doesn't leave me where he found me. I'm thankful that Jesus, though, though he set me aside for eternity, he doesn't leave me in my dysfunction. I'm thankful for the church and I'm thankful for pastors and I'm thankful for elders and I'm thankful for friends and I'm thankful for city group leaders and I'm thankful for team leaders and I'm thankful for brothers and sisters that see me, that love me, but don't leave me where I am, but challenge me, but speak truth to me, encourage me, come alongside of me me, strengthen me, and help me to go where God's called me to be. Come on, we encourage one another. We speak truth to one another. And finally, number three, I want to invite the worship team to join me on stage. We embolden one another. Oh, I love this. We embolden one another. That's part of the definition of oiko de mayo, to place boldness into people, to make bold. Have you ever felt after being around church people, more insecure than when you showed up? Have you ever left not feeling more bold, but maybe doubting more whether or not Christ really loves you the way you are? Listen, that's not who the church is supposed to be. Our role is to place boldness into the hearts of one another, believing and having confidence in the goodness of God in our lives. We are not to, have, to, to cause anybody to shrink back, but to have boldness and to lean in to all that God has for us. I love this scripture in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 through 25, and this will be the last scripture we read today. Maybe it's my favorite scripture about the church. It says this, let us consider how to stir up. Everyone say stir up. Let us consider how we can stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, how can you meet together if you're gonna do the next part? Look at this, encouraging, coming alongside. I can't come alongside you if I don't gather with you. Coming alongside of one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. What an incredible verse. Let us, the church, let us consider, let us give thought to, let us give intentionality to, let us plan out with a heart of intentionality, how? we might stir one another up. What does it mean to stir up one another? I wanna give you a word picture. I, I grew up in the South and in the South, we love our sweet tea. Anybody love sweet tea? We got a lot of healthy people here. You know what? Whatever. 
We love our sweet tea. But when you leave the South and you come to the West Coast or you go up North and you go to a restaurant and you say, hey, can I get some sweet tea? Most of the time they say, well, we don't have sweet tea, but I'll tell you what we do have. I can bring you some unsweet tea and some sugar and you can just stir it up and there you'll have some sweet tea. That is not sweet tea. That is trash. That is garbage. You know why? Because you pour all the good stuff in, all that white sugar, you pour all the good stuff in and it doesn't dissolve or melt into, it falls right to the bottom. And you gotta stir it up and it rises to the top and you gotta hurry up and drink it real quick because what is gonna happen? It's just gonna fall right back down to the bottom. You know, there's a lot of people in the room this morning and there's a lot of good stuff in you. You just haven't felt it in a while. It's not because it's not there. It's not because you don't have it, but because it's just kind of sunk to the bottom. And maybe it's lied dormant in your life for a little while. And sometimes people walk around half-hearted, discouraged, frustrated, hopeless. And it's not because they have nothing to put their hope in. It's not because you don't have something that you could be happy about, but it's because it's sunk to the bottom of your life and it's almost like you've forgotten that it's there. What's the church supposed to do? We're supposed to be like that stir that comes in and says, hey, I want you to remember that there's something good on the inside of you. You have a good deposit on the inside of you. Come on, let me stir you up. And when we begin to stir one another up, it doesn't stay in the bottom any longer. It begins to rise to the top. Come on, when we come to the church, we should stir one another up and say, I know life is difficult and I know it's been challenging and I know maybe you forgot it, but let me stir you up a little bit. And when I stir you up, all that faith, all of that hope, all of that vision, all of that conviction that begins to come to the top and you begin to see further than you've ever seen before. You begin to remember what Christ did for you. Come on, we're an encouraging people. We're an encouraging people. We stir one another up. Can I tell you, I love the church. When I wake up on Sundays, I say, I was glad when they said unto me, let me go to the house of God. Why? Because I know I'm going to get stirred up. I know I'm going to get stirred up. I know I'm going to get encouraged. My faith is going to lift. My hope is going to lift. My faith, my, come on, I believe my vision is going to go further. Woo! I love the church. I love the church. Listen. I love the church because I love coming together and getting stirred up. I do. But that's actually not what Hebrews chapter 10 is saying. He's not saying come to church because you'll get stirred up. He's saying as the church, we need to remember our role to build one another up. That's why he says, let us consider. Let us give thought to. Let us give careful planning and intentionality to stirring one another up. Can I tell you, I know when I show up to church, I'm gonna get stirred up, but that's not why I came. I came because I have planned and set it in my heart. Today is my day to stir somebody else up in Jesus' name. Listen, maybe you're in here and you're like, well, no one's encouraged me. No one's, no one's strengthened me. No one's emboldened me today. Well, sometimes you just gotta do it yourself. What did David say? Hey, bless the Lord, oh my soul. David said, stir yourself up in the Lord. What did Paul say to Timothy? He says, fan into flame the gift that's on the inside of you. 
So sometimes you just got to say, well, I'm not going to wait for somebody else. Holy Spirit, you're here. You're the paraclete. You've come alongside us. So I remind myself right now that you're good, that you have not left me, that you have good plans, that you're going to prosper me. And I get stirred up. I stir myself up and I say, come on, let me stir you up. Let me stir you up. Let me remind you. Let me show you what God showed me. Come on, we're the church. We've come together to do this. We're not an isolated people. We come together to encourage. We come together to strength. We come together to give boldness. We come together to help rebuild and restore and repair. We're the church of Jesus Christ. I want to invite everybody to stand this morning. Now listen, I'm excited and I love the church. I love the church. I'm never leaving the church. I know the church doesn't always look pretty, but the church is the bride of Christ. And I will never leave her. But let me just say, I know, I know not every experience in church feels like the way it feels right now. We're not builders because we're great people. We're not builders because we're so good and because we're so virtuous and compassionate. No, we're builders because we have Jesus on the inside of us and he's the builder and he builds through us. It's Jesus who encourages. It's Jesus who comforts. It's Jesus who gives strength. It's Jesus who urges us to live lives worthy of God's call on our life. He's the foundation. You know, when you're building something, you have to make sure that the foundation is level. Because if you don't, it will be weak and it will fall. You address always, you always address the foundation. And the reality is, is not all of us started on the same, on the same level, in the same playing field, right? Some of us grew up in good situations. Other of us grew up in bad situations. Some of us grew up with great opportunities. Others grew up with great disadvantages. And, and we all come from different walks of life. But here's the amazing thing about Jesus is he doesn't come to build something on our old foundation. He comes to give us a brand new foundation. Jesus didn't come to make bad people a little better. He came to give us a fresh start, to put us in a new place. Remember Matthew 16, when Jesus says, I'm gonna build my church on a rock. He was talking to a man named Simon. And Simon had issues like you and me. Simon had anger problems. Simon had doubts. Simon lied. And Jesus is having a conversation with Simon. And you know what Simon means? The word Simon means insecure, shifty, unstable. And he says, Simon, a lot of people have opinions about me, but who do you say that I am? And Simon, having gotten a revelation from God, he says, you know who I believe you are? I believe that you're the Christ. I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that you're the savior of the world. I believe that you're my Messiah. And Jesus replied to Simon, he goes, you know what? My father has revealed that to you. And because you have that revelation, you are no longer gonna be Simon, the unstable person. I'm changing your name now to Peter. And on, that, on this rock, I will build my church. You know what Peter means? Peter means little rock. But not just little rock, it means little rock, a piece of the big rock. Jesus says, Peter, I know that you come from an unstable background. I know that your foundation in yourself is not secure. I know that you got issues. But today is the day that I remove you from an old foundation and I put you on a new foundation and I'm changing your name and now you are built on me. So let the storm come. Let the challenge come. Let the discouragement come. You will not break. You will not fall because I am building 
Oika de Mayo. I'm emboldening. I'm encouraging. I'm repairing. I'm restoring. And I'm building you on a new foundation. Jesus Christ himself. And so I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to have a fresh start. I'm going to give you an opportunity to start over again and give your life to Jesus Christ and have that new foundation. So in just a moment, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And if that's you and you're in the room and you want to make that decision, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand so that I can pray with you. If you're joining with us online right now, our host is going to put, put a link in, in, in the, uh, the, the post is going to put a link in the, in the chat for you so you can click that and respond. But listen, it doesn't matter where you've come from or what your challenges in life have been. Today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. Romans says, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that just like Simon, Christ can give you a new name and a new foundation. And it's a matter of putting your hope and your trust in Jesus. So right now, if you're in this room or you're online and you say, hey, I want to give my life to Jesus, be part of the church, the family of God. If that's you right now, would you put your hand up high and then put it right back down? Thank you, amen, right there, thank you. Come on, anyone else, you say, hey, thank you over there. Amen, amen, amen. You say, I wanna be part of the family of God and put my trust in Jesus and have a new foundation. Come on, church, let's all pray together. We're a family. Jesus, thank you for finding me when I was lost. I believe that you died for my sins, that you have forgiven me, that you rose again, and you will see me in heaven one day. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Church, come on, can we thank Jesus for adding to the family of God this morning, for building the church among us this morning? Amen. Okay, now we're gonna pray for each other, church. We're gonna come alongside one another for just a moment, okay? And then we're gonna worship and we're gonna dismiss. But right now, can I, just every head bowed and every eye closed once, once again. If you feel torn down, if you feel discouraged, if you feel broken, if there's anything in your life that you feel like needs to be repaired, you feel like you need courage put back into you, boldness put back into you, we're gonna begin to worship and we're gonna begin to pray. And I believe the Holy Spirit is gonna do something great. Not just because he's good, but because your church family right now is gonna begin to pray and intercede and come alongside you. So right now, if you say, God, I need courage, I need boldness, I need some help. Right now, lift your hands right now to heaven and I believe God is gonna do, come on, amen. Hands all over the place. Church, let's begin to pray. If your hands are not raised, pray for someone who has their hand raised. Thank you, Jesus, that you have come alongside us to help. Thank you, Jesus, that you sent the Holy Spirit, the paraclete. Thank you, Lord, for the church that comes alongside to encourage, to embolden, to strengthen. And right now, God, we lift our voice and we intercede on behalf of one another. God, thank you that we are not walking alone. Thank you if you have not left us, left us alone. Thank you that you are doing a breakthrough in our lives. God, that you've sent the Holy Spirit to encourage and, and to, to see us through. God, we just thank you. God, we lift our hearts. We lift our eyes. We to the hills where our help comes from. And now we begin to lift our voice. We begin to sing. We begin to worship in Jesus' name. Come on, church, let's pray and let's worship right now. Hey! We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.